0: we can learn from everybody. And we have to learn from everybody. If we just pick out the people that we like or have our favorites, especially in this YouTube Mm -hmm. generation where Mm -hmm. we can look up any pastor that's inspiring, I think we will absolutely miss what God's up to. If we don't listen to varying voices who are different than us, who actually aren't even entertaining to us to go, I gotta know something Mm -hmm. that I can only come through you. And imagine looking at everyone in, in your sphere of influence and actually believing that. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the
1: end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm sitting here with Megan Fate Marshman. Do you like it when people use your full name? I don't care. Okay, Megan uh, has been uh, a guest with us multiple times, and and people love hearing you. Chad and I kind of have this joke of you know Chad's style when he teaches at Sun Valley is unique. My style is unique. Your style is unique, and so everybody has their favorite. And for everybody, it's Megan. And so, <laughs> what
0: are the uniquenesses? I'd like to hear your opinion.
1: Oh man, I uh, uh Chad rhymes and alliterates, and he can take Ooh, that's good. really complex things. And he can say it in a sentence, and then wow. uh, and then I steal it and I repeat it over and over again. Yeah, and I go to other places and speak, and people go, "Man, it's really brilliant." And I just say thanks. Um, and then uh, you you have an energy to you, and, and I know we were joking about this earlier, but just a love for people that's so evident, uh, and a love for God's word, and and it's great that, that you can kind of bring both those things together. Uh, people are engaged with you, and and I love all the energy that you bring. So Thanks, does that Robert. Does that come naturally? Now, I'm going to ask you a question that people might wonder. When did you realize uh, God had gifted you to speak up in front of people? Because that's not common to most people. That's like people's number one fear is yeah. public speaking.
0: I think I realized I could do it. In college, I was taking a public speaking class. Okay. And the first question that was asked by the teacher was, now, how many of you are not afraid of public speaking? And I just raised my hand, and I realized mine was the only one raised. Was mm-hmm. the And I looked around, and I was surprised. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. I didn't know that that was intimidating.
1: It was true of everybody. Yeah,
0: it's true of everybody. And I also don't know how what it's like to not be me Mm -hmm. so you bring up energy for instance i used to get a lot of comments on that i think i've slowed down a little bit but Mm -hmm. i don't know what it's like not to be energetic or not to be excited about certain things so i only know what it's like to be me and um, i like the uniqueness that's why i like you bringing up the three of us because i like that god made the three of us different because people in the audience are unique too and we all can learn something from somebody in fact i want to share a story on that Uh, I remember doing a Bible study. Do you mind if I just go? Go. Yeah.
1: That's what we do on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I remember doing a Bible study. uh, (laughs) And the whole point of the Bible study was to study the book of Mark. And every every small group in the church was going to be Mark for X number of weeks, however Mm -hmm. many chapters there are in the book of Mark, which the answer is, it's like 15 or 16, somewhere in there. And so we were going to have 15 or 16 weeks. It was going to be big. But the whole point was to invite people who would otherwise never come to church to study the book of Mark. And I was like, I'm in. And my husband and I were going to be hosting it. So we were like, we have to bring a non-Christian person. We have (laughs) to find someone. And he goes, okay, who comes to mind? I'm like, oh, my neighbor Colin. So I'm inviting him. So I went to Colin. I'm like, hey, Colin, a little context. Colin dressed as a sailor and got drunk at my sister's wedding so that he could be the drunken sailor. (laughs) This is Colin. Colin's a tattoo artist. Like He is bigger than life. Everyone Mm -hmm. loves Colin (laughs) for all sorts of reasons. And I call up Colin. I say, Colin, I want to invite you to a book study. And <laughs> he said, I've never been invited to a book study. He and I both laughed just like mm-hmm. this. And I said, well, are you in? And he goes, you know what? I am in. I'm like, great. Which book are we studying? He said, I, <laughs> I said, the book of Mark and the Bible. And he goes, the old bait and switch. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it worked. And we laughed and he showed up. Wow. And unfortunately, I all my Christian friends did not bring anyone outside of the church. Mm-hmm. It was just all of us and Colin. Yeah. And so, week one, I was so nervous. Maybe some people have invited someone to church and sat with that Mm -hmm. someone, and they're nervous for whatever's going to be said. you experience
1: the service totally different. Totally different. you're you're seeing it through their eyes that you're sitting next to them.
0: And I'm listening to my know it all friends. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know they were know it all friends Mm -hmm. until I was sitting next to Colin. I'm like, gosh, we are so uncompelling. Yes. Look at us like battling with know it all and quotes. And we all looked up commentaries to come try to be brilliant and out-brilliant each other. And I'm just kind of embarrassed. And we were studying the book of Mark. So in the moment, I think it was chapter one or two, where, you know, Jesus gets baptized. And there's a moment where, you know, suddenly the clouds open up and the spirit of God descended like a dove and, <clears throat> and speaks identity. And I'm watching all my know-it-all friends go like, well, obviously he's speaking identity before he goes into the ministry because what he needs to know is who he truly is before what he does because mm-hmm. who he are. Is what, and, and I'm listening to him I'm like, yes, normally I'd be like, yes, yes. And I'd even say something brilliant too, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And in the moment I'm going, gosh, until Colin spoke. And he's like, what the? And then, you know, he filled that in. Yeah. And he said. What is it? What is happening? And all of us are like, and it's weird in that moment, like being brilliant or clever or mm-hmm. anything just didn't work. Yeah. And suddenly he talks about like, so the clouds open uh, mm-hmm. and God comes down like as like a bird and sits on Jesus. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Is, and so he continues asking these questions and it turns which out- Which are really good questions. Which are brilliant questions. Yeah. And here's the point of my story. All of us learned more about our faith from Colin than from all of the know-it-alls in the mm-hmm. room. Like, the know-it-alls, is, it is interesting, it is helpful, but Colin's perspective was actually the gift. Mm-hmm. The gift of the group was someone who was willing to go like, that doesn't make sense. What? Why do you think, why did the clouds open? Why is Jesus, why was the one who was actually perfect or mm-hmm. whatever baptized? Isn't that about sin? And so his questions, and then also his humor, yep. and his willingness to be vulnerable, yep. Which comes back to full circle, a whole story just to say this, we can learn from everybody and we have to learn from everybody. If we just pick out the people that we like or have our favorites, especially in this YouTube Mm -hmm. generation where Mm -hmm. we can look up any pastor that's inspiring, I think we will absolutely miss what God's up to. Yeah. If we don't listen to varying voices who are different than us, who actually aren't even entertaining to us to go, I got to know something mm-hmm. that I can only come through you. And imagine looking at everyone in, in your sphere of influence and actually believing that. Mm-hmm. So I can say, I can talk about Colin, but does that affect how you look at your sibling, your parent, mm-hmm. your child and go, I can learn something about the image of God through you? Yeah. And then what if you said that? And what if they even believed it about themselves? I think we would become people who didn't just show up to church to receive, we would actually come to contribute. Mm -hmm. There you go. Brilliant. brilliant. Uh, Thank you. That was what I was going
1: for. Well, you nailed it. (laughs) there, There is something to that about in order to know a person, it takes a community to know a person Yes, because everybody has a different interaction and everybody has, you know, different insights and experiences and on all of these collection of stories. And the same is true with our relationship with God is we get to know God. As a community, yeah, and and through your story and my story and the story of those around us, and and that's how we get to know this infinite God, uh, and and that's how we get to know people too, is, yes. is in the context of community.
0: Which which let's just do a shout out for live groups. Mm-hmm. What an absolute miss if you only heard from three voices in this church.
1: Yeah. yeah, which is why we do that. It's it's building real friendships that are centered around God's word. I will say we had our our small group. Uh, years ago, we invited our neighbors who didn't know Jesus and they were our next door neighbors and they liked us. And as soon as they came over to our small group, I went, oh, this is weird. (laughs) And I didn't know it until I had my neighbors over and we sat in a circle and we talked about our feelings (laughs) and we were like, and now let's pray for each other. And I was like, they've never done anything like this. And they're looking around like, like the chairs are set up in a circle. Yeah. When, have you ever walked into a, a neighborhood or a friend's house or been to a barbecue and there was a circle of chairs, <laughs> just all like facing and, and into the tissue middle. boxes yeah, right. in between them? <laughs> and I realized, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe what we do, I'm just so used to it, because well, I've been around yeah. it for so There's long. There's two
0: ways. There's two ways of saying this. Number one, it is somewhat weird, mm-hmm. and if we don't, we can't laugh about it. How silly are we, mm-hmm. right? But then number two, what a radical gift. Mm-hmm. That it's expected that we would be a part of a circle where we can be known and loved. Mm-hmm. I just was in an Uber ride. I have to bring it up. Yeah, let's to talk here. about No, we can't. Tim. But I'll just say this, Timothy, but either way, um, he said the statement, a guy that doesn't know Jesus, he made the statement and said, well, I can't let anybody get to know me because they'll just keep on leaving me. Mm-hmm and i and they all and cuz i was talking about love and this guy t- had chosen over his lifetime not to believe in love and his reasoning was because the more people get to know me they won't love me and then my of course comeback is well there's a god who knows all all mm-hmm. of you and loves you mm-hmm. and it's funny women and men hear that very differently women hear ah mm-hmm. he knows you men for some reasons response is different yeah. at times it's Oh, Mm -hmm. it's like there's a little bit more self-awareness there. Maybe some women have that too. But for girls, it's like, I feel so known. Guys Mm are like, uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) I like that we did that with a (laughs) girl. And yeah, so if you're part of this community listening to this podcast, my guess is that you truly know that you're loved. But the beauty is that he knows all of you and loves you completely, which is profound. Mm -hmm. And I hope Christ in us, in our small groups, is too I'll open up our hearts to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then respond with the undeserved love that we ourselves have received. So I wonder if there's anyone in this your small group, this is to anyone listening, who annoys you. Hmm. Pause. <laughs> I wonder how you can love them right there. I think it will shape not only them, but I think it will also shape you. Mm-hmm. Back to the questions.
1: Yeah. No. As a, I like these rabbit trails. These are incredibly insightful and helpful. Uh, We did get some questions from listeners to the podcast that they have for you specifically. Okay,
0: I'm happy for that. Because if you've seen those Instagram things where people are like, because you asked, but no one actually asked, you know, (laughs) this is actually because they asked.
1: These are legit questions (laughs) that I did not write right before we started this podcast. These Uh, came in from people uh, that our our communications team gathered and and emailed them over to me. Should I start
0: my answers with because you asked about and then do that so that they can be clips on my Instagram that say, because you asked. That's right. And then that'd be real.
1: All right. People, you <laughs> asked for it. Number one, <laughs> when you're feeling overwhelmed with motherhood, oh. what do you do and where do you turn to in scripture? That's a two-parter.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I remember sharing this scripture in one of the podcasts here with you. I think one of my first ones. I for sure would turn to the most highlighted passage on all Kindle e-readers.
1: Okay. Which is? I'm, I'm unaware
0: of this. Okay. And I'm just going to take you through it because rather than me telling you about the power, I'd rather you experience it. So listener, maybe it's motherhood for you. Maybe it's fatherhood. Maybe it's singleness. Maybe it's whatever it is. Paul's words in jail to you Mm -hmm. are this. Do not be anxious about anything. So now here's the fun part. So you can know this because again, since I, the minute I bring it up, you go, okay, I know the one. How about you consider this? Do not be anxious about anything. So what is your thing? Consider it. And hear Paul's words, but don't hear it as a challenge, hear it as an invitation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be anxious about that, but rather in everything. So, not only that thing, but really all things, but sit with him on this one thing, whatever it is for you, but in all things by prayer and supplication. So, prayer, talk to the Lord about it, supplication, ask him anything about Mm -hmm. it. But let's take the time in the middle of a podcast to pause and actually do it. What are your things? So, consider that. Now, with the Lord. He wants to hear your heart for What do you want? What do you desire? I wonder if that's what he wants to shift, potentially. But he want, it starts with where you're at. So he wants to meet you where you're at. So prayer with petition, with thanksgiving, that's the wow. hard part, right? And I, I, there's a lot of ways to dis, dis define the thanksgiving, thankful for what we have, which leads to contentment, or, or which is also Philippians 4, <clears throat> or with thanksgiving means you say, and God, I'm going to be thankful for however you choose to answer my petition, trusting that you knows best. Mm-hmm. Yet you also invite me to ask. Because maybe what you're gonna do in that is shift my belief on what I actually could desire to be more Christ-like than my just natural fleshly desire. So with Thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And here's the crazy part. When you do that, what the scripture says is that God moves to, and it says this, the peace of God. So it's not just not just God, it's his peace. Mm-hmm. Will. I like that. Guard. I picture the little, um, guy with a big fluffy Uh hat. What is that guy? In the UK, the little Royal guard. Yeah. 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 Guard. guard. And imagine him standing outside your heart and your mind. And he's, what is he guarding it with? Peace. And he's going anything that's not peaceful. You're not allowed in here. Anything not peaceful in the area of motherhood. What's not peaceful? Um, your stress about the future of your kids. That's Uh probably not very peaceful in our mind. He's going to go, no, 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 offer that to the Lord. It's like he stands out there and goes like, that doesn't get in here. Uh That simply gets offered up. I just imagine like, what is he going to do? And he will do that. He'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus is in your heart. It's just profound to me. So what do I do As I consider that verse. But for me, I have to usually walk away from the circumstance because my natural human tendency is when I feel overwhelmed is for whatever's in me. So anger, frustration, worry, concern, just to come out on my kids. Mm-hmm. And so this has been a discipline for me. So I bring it up and I love that I've brought it up before because it's really common for me to mm-hmm. do this, to come aside and go, okay, so don't be anxious. Okay. <clears throat> but in everything, okay, so for this thing, Lord, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So okay. you,
1: you actually pause and walk yourself through this verse. Yes. Okay. Keep going.
0: Yeah. No, that's it. You just nailed it. I could have just said that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're like, okay, what does what does Megan do? This is this is sound advice. <laughs> this is working for you.
0: It is this working has been for me. Helpful.
1: It's it's hard to be anxious and and grateful at the same time. It's hard to be mm. getting lost because anxiety for me it's it's all the what ifs, right? It's things that haven't actually happened, uh, but I'm anxious about future things yeah. as opposed to being grounded in the reality of the present and grateful and, and turning my focus to to the goodness of God. Yeah. Um, and then all those things. I, I had a counselor one time. Ask me, because I was telling him about all my anxieties. He goes, well, have, you, have you talked to God about that? <laughs> and Megan, I hadn't. I was too busy worrying about it. I was yeah. too busy trying to do all these things to actually say out loud to God what you're anxious about.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. I think you, I hope people are really realizing the invitation for relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the token answer, but it's something we have to engage in, right? Here's the best way. I, I'll illustrate it is imagine someone working for you and you hand them a task, and let's say you trust them. You just hand it to them. Isn't that nice? And you just give it to them, and you're like, they're going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I know their track record, another character. They got this. Now, by contrast, imagine the other person uh-huh. handing them something and going, let me check in on it, because it doesn't seem like you care. Yeah. It doesn't even seem like it's burdening you. It doesn't seem like you have the weight of it as I do. So what do I do? I keep on worrying about mm-hmm. it. I don't actually hand it over to them. I'm going back and forth and back and forth, which makes me wonder, what does it say about our relationship with God when we hand him something and then we keep on worrying about it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's communicating our lack of trust. Yeah. So then I would argue, go back to the prayer and ask the Lord to teach you how to trust him. Because even our ability to have faith or to trust him is not something we can will ourselves to do on our own. So even that might be the very first request you need to make. In that prayer.
1: That's good. All right. Okay. We're going down another path now. You ready? Yep. How should I deal with judgment from quote unquote church people? <laughs> Let's talk about church people.
0: Mm. I think the person asking, ha- oh man, I think the best thing to do, best thing to do is see everything as a mirror. Mm. So the minute you say church people, my guess is the person writing that question is one. Mm-hmm. So the question then becomes, what do I do about my own judgment? Mm-hmm. That's a different question. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you that one, Robert. I think it's a good question.
1: Oh man, that's a tough one to to put back onto me. Here's here's something that I learned from a mentor. Uh, he he does what he calls sin walks. Sure. And that's where he just takes a moment. And he begins to – and he'll go on a walk and he'll begin to just process all of the sin of his life, everything he can remember. And and he's like, and I've forgotten way more than I remember, but there's a lot there. And and what that does is it begins to take away that judgmental uh, feeling like you're superior to somebody else. Wow. Um, when, when you – again, as a mirror, you look at our own wretched sinfulness – and and don't go, well, I'm going to compare myself to other people. No, no, no. I'm just going to compare myself to God's standard and, and then be grateful for all that, that God has forgiven me of and be reminded of that. And so he walks down yeah. that path and just starts to wow, just talk through. And I think that is a great way if you're struggling with being judgmental, uh, go on a sin walk yes. and, and ask God to, to reveal.
0: Uh, <laughs> and, reveal and, your judgment yes. towards the church people you're talking mm-hmm. about ironically in the question (laughs) and as he does it'll recognize oh wow and then and then take it to the lord who's who's faithful to forgive right okay so i judge people i I judge people and god how do you respond to my judgment of people you love me right there Mm -hmm. and what do i want from other people i want them to love me and then now i take jesus's words do unto others as you want them to do unto you it's like there's your answer
1: all right. Okay. That's good. That's a good question. How do you know God is good when he tells you no? You define good differently. Next question. Based on oh. Romans
0: chapter 8, <laughs> verses 28 to 29. So yeah. this is this is a big one for me. Give the, the question again.
1: Yeah. So so somebody's, uh, probably everybody who's listening has experienced where you felt like God should have answered your prayer with a yes. Yeah. And you got to know. Yeah. And then you're going, okay, God, you can. I believe that. I think you should. But yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. Uh, so the question is. How do you know God is good when he tells you no
0: yep His goodness is different than or good in general his definition I believe especially in scripture and some of the most famous passages is different than our definition so our definition of good is comfortable, successful mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of what what we want right when when God says if I, if for instance, if God were to say yes to my prayers in the past week, let me ask this question would my life be more? comfortable or would God be more glorified? Mm -hmm. God's goodness is his glory being on display. So he is good when that's possible. So then you get to Romans eight where it's like, he's going to use all things for good for those Mm -hmm. who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. And the good is defined in verse 29, which he says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined. uh, Here it is to be conformed to the image of his son. Mm -hmm. So I know the question's about God's goodness, but let's start with the, his goodness being on display. He could use all things for good to form us more into the likeness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's how. So suddenly... Um,
1: and unfortunately, comfort its not going to form us into the image of Jesus. No. Yeah.
0: No. It's not his agenda at all. And and for, I mean, this not only affects us personally, it also affects even our outlook for me in parenting because mm-hmm. I do want to protect them from everything hard. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, do I want them to live a comfortable no responsibility life, or do I want them to follow Jesus in the midst of hardship, or do I want them to look more like Jesus, or do I want them to, which involves, this is a tough one, sharing in his sufferings. Mm -hmm. I hate that part of scripture, Mm -hmm. yet it's something I'm right now even trying to understand. And I'm even convinced that I think in heaven, that's one character attribute of Jesus we won't know. Mm -hmm. So that's only possible now. Mm -hmm. I can know a lot about Jesus in heaven, but I wonder if I'll be able to do that. I don't know. Yeah. But my guess is no, which gives a lot of purpose to it in the now. So the question again is?
1: How can you know God is good when he tells you no?
0: You know that his definition of good is different than ours and his no is for his purposes and maybe not our comfort.
1: All right. Rapid fire questions. I'll rattle through these. Yeah, for time. Yeah. All right. How can I have better patience?
0: Uh, Fruit of the spirit. You abide in the vine. There you go. You, You abide in the vine instead of try to create yourself. That's a big one. So I used to want to try to be more patient and yeah, then I can only will harder. myself yeah. for about a day and a half. And that worked for about a day and a half. I could mm-hmm. try. Man, sometimes it's just half a day if it's in parenting. But uh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience.
1: Got it. Okay, good. Uh, what are some of your favorite <clears throat> books or resources? Like where do you go to or what have been your, like, is there a book you reread? Is there a resource that when you're wanting to learn the Bible, growing with God, all of that, Where where do you go to?
0: Oh, man. Well, I really go here. The Bible mm-hmm. is probably the, I think this is the book I read the most.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to think if that's just what I want or if it's true. I think it's true. Mm-hmm. This is the book I read the most. If I want to grow what resources, I hang out with people. I talk with people. They talk a lot about books they read. I read actually, I do read a lot of books right now. I'm reading a lot of books for, that I have to read for school. So uh-huh. it's a little bit different. But right now the book I'm reading is on <clears throat> Silence. Okay. And the power of it. And it's great. I think every book I read has value. I hope it does. Otherwise, why was it written?
1: But Well, just like how you can learn from uh-huh. anybody. You but can learn from any book. You can yeah. Learn from.
0: yeah I'll, I'll say probably some of the most impactful ones at different times, which again, I don't necessarily recommend for the average person, but... Um, almost Christian was really important for mm-hmm. me in ministry. Yep. So studying moralistic, therapeutic deism. Another one was can anything by Ruth Haley Barton, okay. which is like teaches you, she does one on spiritual rhythms, mm-hmm. um, spiritual disciplines yep. that is mind blowing. Right now I'm studying Jen Wilkin. So I'm doing her studies at my my church. So I do that, which I highly recommend anything by her. She teaches you how to study the Bible instead of making you rely on her. I love listening to sermons by Tim Keller. He has yes. a, a great way of thinking through things in a really strong structured way that my mind doesn't typically work in. I like learning from uh, this guy named Robert and this guy named Chad from Sun Valley Community (laughs) Church. Wow.
1: Wow. And Megan, everybody's favorite.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. Let me think.
1: Do you have a commentary? Like when you study a passage and you're like, I want to know more about this passage. What's your go-to commentary or or study tool? For
0: gospels, it's John Stott. Okay. He's probably the most common. Mm -hmm. Matthew Henry. Yeah.
1: Martin Lloyd Jones. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Are these similar for I'm you? Familiar.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I use a commentary that's kind of a combination. And they this guy studied all these different things and he compiles them all together oh, on who's this book. that website. guy? What's his name? It's called Enduring Word. His name's David Guzik. Wow. Sounds and funny. So, he's, uh, so he reads Spurgeon and Tozer and, and Stott and some of these other. And then he he puts their commentaries, kind of the best of snippets, yeah. <laughs> under each passage. So he does all the work that I would have done. Yeah. He just does it for me. Oh, I And like saves that. me a step. So
0: Is it a book or do you have it on it's logos? online? It's online.
1: Okay. A, there's Can also a app for me? it. Yeah. Maybe I will.
0: put it in the show notes, episode, yeah, There you go. Uh, season four, episode six.
1: <laughs> good job. Way to plug what season we're in. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, those are our questions that came in. I have one more question for you. Okay. Uh, you, you have <clears throat> been involved when you were at Hume like you were on sports teams doing you know basketball and all that. What's your level of competition? Are you like a one? Like, I just hope everybody has a good time. Oh, man. Or are you like a 10? where I probably need to write letters of apology after this. Yeah, this is a humbling question.
0: I I broke up with a boyfriend in college because I was too competitive.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay, so you're at the 10 side.
0: I am am naturally at the 10 side, and Mm -hmm. I want to be at the one side. Mm -hmm. So
1: So here's my follow-up question. Go for it. What did he say?
0: Something mean. Back to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We won't won't dig into that one. But for those who are Uh, a 10 on the competitive level, how can you be a 10 and still keep relationships? Megan, go. Oh,
0: man. Humility. The the Lord is authentically humbling me in this, Mm -hmm. where I begin to care too much. But I recognized it was in college, my senior year, I believe, I had a coach. So I played a couple of sports in college and Mm -hmm. then coached college. I have this weird background, but I had a coach who talked to me about what it meant to live your life the way you live your days. So, the way you want to live your entire life is mm-hmm. just a makeup of a bunch of days. So, how do you want to live today? Or, how do you want to live in your life? Then, live that today. If you want to love God, love people, then. Let's get practical. And similarly, we started addressing it then how we played and Mm -hmm. how do we want to live relationally. And it came once we get to like, once we like dug deep together, it got to a point of going like, I want to support people. I want to love people. I want to equip people for them to be their best. She's like, then it kind of works out that you're a point guard. So how do you live your life? How do you live your playing the way you want to live your life? Mm -hmm. So if that right there.
1: Loving God, loving people. Is the
0: point Mm -hmm. of life then I think that has to be the point of playing sports to love God and love other people. That's going to require humility. It's going to require asking for forgiveness. When you think back to the last sport game that you treated like the Super Bowl, even Mm -hmm. though it was just an intramural fun, (laughs) let's meet up at the gym.
1: Even though it was a bunch of dads at Thanksgiving throwing a football around. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine though if, and I hope to live my life this way, if each time you played sports, your goal was that the people around you would feel loved Feel supported. The people on your team would feel like your only primary job is bringing out the best in them. I want to live my life like that. So, mm-hmm. but again, uh, suggestion wise though, it would be going to sports knowing full well, which I have to be, that I am a 10 naturally. Mm-hmm and then coming humbly and going, God, I'm going to need your help on this one. And that's not just and what he does, what I've come to realize is what God does is he doesn't necessarily make you better suddenly or less competitive. My son's competitive and I wanted to encourage him for his birthday and I'm like, there has to be a redeeming quality. (laughs) Uh, But uh, what he does is he doesn't just fix it, he actually just makes you more aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then when you become aware of it, either again go to forgiveness and it will model to a lot of other tens Mm -hmm. what it looks like to do things to the glory of God and that is actually something they probably don't just need in sports, they probably need that in their parenting too. So we become a model even in our failures. God uses our successes and he uses our failures and everything in between to form us more into the likeness of Jesus for the glory of God and the good of his people.
1: Romans 8. Good job. Forever and ever. Amen. Way to tie all that together. Thank you. Megan, thanks for taking time and and sharing with us and answering these questions for the podcast. So grateful to have you here and uh, excited for you to to be teaching this weekend as well, which this podcast will come out after that. Space-time continuum is all thrown off by this, but glad you're here. Thanks, (laughs) Megan. Good to be here. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.